0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at bite.com. That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey guys, it's Matthew Zachary here. Over the past few months here at Offscript Media, we've been working with the breast cancer community, specifically patient advocate Alicia Staley for a narrative series on how breast cancer patients dared to be the change they wished to see, saw an opportunity to fill a need, and created breast cancer social media, BCSM, on Twitter. Now, Offscript Media is so proud to present the BCSM podcast. What began in 2011 as a conversation on Twitter has evolved into this global network of patients and caregivers and clinicians and researchers dedicated to empowering those affected by breast cancer. This week on At Patients, we'll be dropping all three episodes as crossovers for the BCSM podcast, which itself has its own feed that you can subscribe to by searching for BCSM wherever you get your podcasts. We hope you enjoy the series, and most importantly, thank you for listening.
1: This episode of the BCSM Podcast was made possible with support from Daiichi Sankyo and Sijen.
0: Hi, I'm Matthew Zachary, and welcome to the first episode of the BCSM Podcast. I am a 25-year survivor of pediatric brain cancer and the founder of Stupid Cancer. Over the past two decades, I have met thousands of breast cancer patients from all walks of life, at all stages of diagnosis, and who all have uniquely different experiences. However, the one thing that they all have in common is the desire to take comfort in belonging to a community that welcomes them without stigma or judgment. But there has been one online community in particular that stands apart as being truly original a group of people that wanted more than just hospital visits and chemotherapy. They sought community, resources, information, and support from each other online. Now, online support isn't new, but this was an online community that took us by storm from one of the least likely places. Twitter. ABC
2: News has gone pink across every broadcast, saluting Breast Cancer Awareness Month and the search for a cure. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. It's cancer and
3: chemotherapy. ABC so News is following that diagnosis.
0: Breast cancer is the second leading cause of cancer death in women. There are currently more than three and a half million breast cancer survivors in the United States alone, including those still being treated and those who have completed treatment. According to the American Cancer Society, since 2007, breast cancer death rates have been steadily increasing in women younger than 50. The death rate for women over 50 is declining, which may be because breast cancer is found earlier through screening, increased awareness, and better treatments. Now, early detection and better treatments improve the lives of thousands each year. But living with breast cancer is far from easy.
1: We were able to really be at the right place at the right time. We had a community of people, breast cancer survivors, both men and women, that were eager to make a connection and share information and come together and support each other in a new, novel way.
0: That's Alicia Staley founder of the Breast Cancer Social Media Community, or hashtag BCSM. BCSM is a hashtag, a social movement that educates and empowers people affected by breast cancer worldwide. The online conversations on BCSM offer breast cancer patients emotional support, guidance, and reliable information about treatment. Since its beginning in 2011, BCSM has grown into a network of patients, caregivers, clinicians, and researchers who are all dedicated to empowering people affected by breast cancer. And it all started with a conversation on Twitter.
1: I joined Twitter in March of 2008 when I was recovering from my third dance with cancer. A friend had come over to visit and see how I was recovering from my bilateral mastectomy, and I had mentioned to her that I was feeling isolated and sort of alone again in my cancer journey.
0: Alicia was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma at the age of 19 in 1998. She was then diagnosed with breast cancer in 2004 and then again in 2008.
1: Going through that recovery for that surgery, I found myself feeling a little down. I felt like I was going through something that not a lot of people could relate to as a three-time cancer survivor and just was really struggling to make connections with people, you know, that had sort of walked in the same path. My friend suggested that I turn to this new platform called Twitter. And she said, you know, I've been on this platform for a couple months now. And she said, I'm amazed at the number of people that are using their very small character bio to share that they're cancer survivors so maybe maybe you'll have some good luck if you check out this platform that afternoon i signed up for twitter and started searching on the terms cancer survivors and i was really amazed at the number of people that were self-identifying as cancer survivors and talking very openly about their cancer experience and i felt like i had found an amazing new survivorship tool that I could tap into. It just, I was shocked at the conversations that I was seeing and pleasantly surprised at how open people were about talking about their experiences going through uh, surgery or chemotherapy or just sort of recovering from their cancer journey. And really, I think from that moment, realized that I had almost like this virtual support community at my fingertips.
0: Within a year on Twitter, Alicia crossed paths with Jody Shoger, breast cancer survivor and fellow advocate.
1: Jody was also a breast cancer survivor. She had dealt with breast cancer about 12 years before we had met. So she was a long-term breast cancer survivor. She had dealt with a number of long-term issues just from her initial diagnosis. But she was cancer-free when she joined Twitter. She was also looking to connect with people online just to continually learn more about her breast cancer and the potential for what could happen in the long term for her care. We really started connecting on conversations around cancer, cancer survivorship, and it got to the point where we started thinking about How can we take this conversation to the very next level? How can we begin to rally people around topics that we felt were important to the cancer community or that we just personally wanted more information about?
0: Alicia and Jody found a community on Twitter that had come together around the HCSM hashtag, which stood for healthcare social media. They began participating in HCSM on a regular basis. That monthly chat got people together to talk about relevant conversations that were happening in the healthcare space.
1: And Jody and I both realized that we were always really charged up when they were talking about patient topics or something that would actually improve the patient experience, not necessarily in cancer but just any disease state. And I think Jody and I started having conversations about what could we do to bring these kinds of conversations to the breast cancer community for the very first time. So Borrowing the notation HCSM and using that as our framework, we decided to start tagging our content with BCSM in the context of a chat.
0: On July 4th, 2011, at 9 p.m. Eastern, Jody and Alicia launched the first BCSM Twitter chat.
1: We picked a holiday thinking that it wasn't really going to be that successful. We can blame it on the holiday. But fortunately, about 75 people showed up for that very first chat, which blew us away, which immediately told us we were onto something. We were fulfilling a need that the community had. People really wanted to talk about topics around breast cancer and connect in new ways.
0: In 2011, hospitals and organizations were cutting back on in-person support groups. So launching a support group online made sense. It gave patients the opportunity to still connect with each other in a different way.
1: You know, we really thought, why don't we give this a try? My hospital had cut back on support groups. Jody's Hospital in Houston was also doing the same thing. They were limiting the number of in-person support groups. In both cases, it wasn't really something that was accessible to either one of us at that point. I think having the opportunity to build something in a virtual way to fulfill a need for ourselves as patients really helped us get behind this idea that we could create a virtual space for breast cancer patients to come together, talk about relative and relevant conversations that really could have an impact on our wellness and and how we were doing as breast cancer survivors. It was truly an opportunity to create user-generated, user-curated information. Jody and I were talking about the need for an easier way to find information about breast cancer. We talked about, well, maybe we need to develop a website or we curate the whole internet of all the topics and content about breast cancer. And I think we quickly realized that that was an unsustainable idea but utilizing a hashtag made it so much easier for us to tag a tweet with a hashtag. Twitter incorporated the hashtag as a search function very early on in their code base, so it it just became this perfect confluence of events for us at the start, the BCSM hashtag community. It's amazing to think that not only did we connect through Twitter as a platform, but we never even actually had the opportunity to meet each other in person until after the chat had been up and running and we were well on our way.
0: Patients were actively engaging with Jody and Alicia's BCSM chats, but those chats started to grab the attention of medical professionals.
3: I really had no interest in social media. I didn't feel that there was any need to incorporate social media into my daily routine.
0: That is Deanna Atai, Dr. Deanna Atai, one of the country's leading breast surgeons and past president of the American Society of Breast Surgeons and fellow of the American College of Surgeons. Back in 2010, Deanna was chair of the communications committee for the American Society of Breast Surgeons. Deanna was an early adopter of BCSM. She found the chats in search of a way to find and help patients.
3: We were a young medical organization, but growing, and looking to what other larger organizations, more established ones, were doing in terms of utilizing social media for several reasons, to reach out to current members, to provide educational content, to reach out to prospective members, and to just raise the profile of the organization among the public and media in order to go before the ASBS board and explain why a Twitter account for the organization would be a really fantastic idea, I actually had to have a Twitter account because I really had no idea of what this world was like.
0: So Deanna created a Twitter account.
3: On Twitter, I initially followed a lot of breast cancer organizations and a lot of professional organizations, because that's my world, and started seeing conversations among patients talking about
0: breast cancer issues. Back in 2010, Twitter was not the powerhouse network we know it today. It wasn't nearly as crowded and noisy as it is now. It was a lot easier to find people and much easier to follow conversations. So, Deanna's search for cancer patients quickly led her to Alicia and Jody.
3: And they seemed to be kind of leading the charge in terms of sharing articles and evidence based information. I still remember when one or the other of them actually followed me. Like, oh my gosh, Alicia followed me. And I felt like, you know, maybe I had somehow arrived at that point. It still took a while for me to really understand what my role was as a physician in this, especially in the patient space. And I just listened a lot.
0: When BCSM launched, it was predominantly a patient space. Deanna wasn't sure how she would fit in or add value to these conversations. But soon she realized that she had a very valuable role to play.
3: I stumbled on a conversation that two women were having that was in a public space discussing the condition of one of their friends who had been newly diagnosed and their friend had an unusual condition. But they were talking about how their friend had gotten an opinion for one line of treatment, but they had been reading that maybe there was another option. And I sat watching this unfold and actually was just a little bit horrified that they had to take to social media to try and help their friend. And I kind of butted in a little bit, as I've been known to do, and just said, you know, I'm a breast surgeon. This is a condition that I treat. Is there any guidance that I can offer? And we wound up taking the conversation offline They shared with me where their friend was being treated, and I said, well, here's a few ASBS members that I was able to pull up on the website that practice in her area. Maybe she wants to seek a second opinion. And then that was it. And then about a month later, I got a follow-up email from one of the women who was originally participating in the conversation, friend of the patient, and they said, you know, thank you so much for Participating in our conversation, our friend went to see, you know, one of the surgeons that you suggested. Um, they did the MRI like you suggested. They they followed all of the guidelines that we've been reading about, and you know she couldn't be happier with her care, and she's doing well. That was kind of my moment where I said, okay, that's where, as a physician, I can play a role in this patient space is better understanding what their problems or issues are, figuring out where are the gaps in our conversation, where are we as physicians falling short such that a patient's support team has to take to social media to sort out what the best treatment options are, and then circle that back to to the people that need it, to the patients.
0: Deanna joined the second BCSM chat of all time and began listening as patients provided her with valuable insights into their world.
3: They were discussing things in a way that we don't hear in the exam rooms. We were sort of hearing the after hours version, you know, the, the unvarnished version of what really goes on. For example, in someone that's just been diagnosed, uh, as a surgeon, we see them for one hour consultation and we get a sense of the turmoil and the anxiety, but online you, you really see it what is it really like getting chemotherapy and going through that treatment? We see our patients for visits and we have conversations with them between office visits. But again, this was the fancy clothes are off, the makeup is off, the hair is down, and it's no holds barred conversations. And just being able to to witness that initially and then later play a little bit more of an active role in terms of participating in those conversations. It's just given me such incredible insight into the patient experience and one that I just don't think I ever would have had if not for getting involved in social media.
0: So Deanna began contributing to the conversation, offering scientific research and medical resources.
3: When I identified as a physician, they didn't shut me out or shut it down. The reception was positive. And maybe that's because I had spent a lot of time just listening initially. That's one of the things when we are talking to physicians who are just starting to get online, it's kind of one of the best practices is listen more and talk less, really understand who you're trying to help and trying to serve. Physicians are, of course, notorious for interrupting patients, sometimes within five to 10 seconds of them speaking uh, when they're in the exam room setting. The reception being positive was one thing that, that obviously reinforced that, yes, this is where I can play a role.
0: Where there's medicine, there's false information, period. Jordi and Alicia were adamant and fervent about self-policing within the BCSM chats. They wanted BCSM to be a hub of support and democratized reliable information.
1: We didn't want this to become like a lightning rod or a community where we're sharing the latest, you know, if you drink this green shake, you're going to be cured of breast cancer or if you, you know, <laughs> drink castor oil and jump on your left foot three times, you know, your breast cancer is going to magically go away because I think there were a lot of these communities that were popping up on Facebook and we are starting to see it on Twitter where they were. You know, people were just trying to promote the latest and greatest crazy cure for cancer. We decided very early on that we were not going to tolerate having people join our virtual support group or our virtual chat and spam us with links for magic cancer treatment. So the, the community got very good at calling out these people that were sharing links to questionable research and questionable cures. And it just, it got to the point where people just didn't even try anymore. And I think we were able to sort of keep that at bay. And I think that, that speaks volumes to the integrity of the community. And we were squarely rooted in evidence-based science and information. That to me is what a self-policing community needs to do.
3: They were very clear from the beginning that when they did address medical topics, they either got experts on as guests who could discuss the research or they had done their their due diligence. And that leadership from the top really set the example. There was not much that was inaccurate or that was wrong.
0: Alicia, Jody, and Deanna went through a learning curve with building a community and understanding what it needs. They found out very quickly that there is a cyclical nature to community development.
1: You've always got new people coming into your community. You have some people that will get through their cancer experience and just when they're done with it, they want to sort of shut the door and never look back. You'll have others that get through their cancer community, but want to stay engaged to further help the community or, you know, provide support for those that will come after them. And then unfortunately you have people that will pass away. And I think that that's been a struggle for this community is, is dealing with the concept of death and dying in the digital age, it's, it's very different when you have a member of your community pass away, you know, in a virtual setting.
0: Jody Shogar died from metastatic breast cancer in 2013, following a 15-year remission. She spent the last years of her life working to bring people affected by breast cancer together, connecting them with information, but more importantly, with each other. Jodi became a teacher, a guide, and a friend to countless people within BCSM, myself included. And yet most of those folks, she never met in person.
1: There's an element of forever on some of these platforms when you see people's tweets or see posts that they've put on social media and you can go back to them at any point and sort of see a moment in time but know that they're not here. I think it makes it hard to try to stay focused and continue to build a community when you lose so many people like we have in the last nine years and unfortunately jody was one of those people that have passed away and it it makes it hard to sustain the community but i think it also gives us the motivation to continue to grow and nurture the community that remains
2: I'm Jody Schauger. I'm a breast cancer survivor, a writer and a cancer activist and advocate. Anytime you have a question, you can come in and find information. You can find another person to talk to. And that wondering, that difficult period of readjustment, redefining your health, so to speak, can be less cumbersome than it was when I I went through treatment. Through PCSM, a woman can have that concern validated immediately. It's valid, it's real. Treatment is toxic, treatment is difficult, and that's probably one of the driving reasons that I'm involved in so much of this, because the desire to make it better for someone else is gigantic in me. Cancer is scary, you don't know where you're going to be at the end of the road. People start coming to BCSM when they're at the end of the road and starting the new one. And that's part of my dream for this community.
0: Once BCSM had established a strong online community, Deanna naturally began thinking of how to use the numerical data to measure its impact.
3: There were other cancer communities that were cropping up. People were starting to look at these conversations. And I often heard, well, that's great, but how do you know it's really helping? As a physician and one who believes in evidence-based medicine and science and the scientific process, that's a question that I couldn't answer at the time. You can't just say, oh, well, I, I know it's helping because everybody's coming to the chats week after week and people are happy and they say, thank you so much for hosting. That's, that's not good enough. And so then the next step was to figure out if we can show whether or not we were providing a valuable service. Were, were patients really benefiting from this? This is when we developed a survey People were able to fill it out anonymously and it, it assessed their experience. We asked questions such as, has your knowledge increased on various domains of breast cancer? So for example, chemotherapy, genetic testing, surgery. What's your anxiety? What did you consider your anxiety level regarding breast cancer before chat participation? And where are you now? What have you learned from the chats? And what we found was that Well over 80 percent of respondents to the survey stated that they had gained knowledge as a result of participation in the chats. There was a percentage of respondents who started off self-identifying as very high anxiety related to breast cancer who had their anxiety levels decreased. No respondents went from low anxiety to high anxiety as a result of participating. About 30% of respondents said that they were prompted to either bring new information to their physician or seek a second opinion as a result of participating in the chat. That was one of the things that I think I was most proud of is that we were really providing this service to patients that was potentially making a big difference in terms of their of their treatment and their care. And then about 70% of respondents noted that they were prompted to pursue some type of advocacy effort as a result of what they had learned during the chats. And I thought that was also important as well because we always need more advocates, advocacy is a very broad term and there's multiple ways to advocate. And that paper was published in 2015 and has been cited now by others researching in the field over a hundred times, which is pretty incredible. I think that kind of started the research process and I think showed us as well as other researchers that, yeah, this is more than just a conversation that these people are having on social media. They're they're actually making a difference. Since then, I've been able to really partner with the community on several other studies looking at various aspects of patient care and of survivorship. As researchers, we can also partner with patients because they have a lot to teach us about what are the important questions that need to be asked, how should we be asking these questions, and, and they're the ones that have access to other patients to help make sure that we get good response rates to our studies.
0: There are lots of choices in breast cancer support, very thankfully due to the incredible progress through advocacy. There are dozens of platforms and apps now, and even cancer centers have more integrative ways to get support virtually. BCSM still stands apart as something very unique. According to Alicia, BCSM will continue to play a critical role for the breast cancer community and the industry at large.
1: As this community has grown, what we've learned as co-moderators and, and sort of champions of this community that advocacy is evolving. There are hundreds of apps that are coming out. There's more ways for patients to connect, and it's incumbent on us to make sure that we're shining the light on the communities that are, are really doing good work. BCSM's evolution is to become the community of communities. BCSM's evolution to the community of communities is making sure that we're shining a light on the up-and-coming advocates, the advocates that have been at this for decades. What are the companies that we need to watch? What are the advocacy organizations that we need to make sure people are connecting with? Where is the research today? Where will the research be tomorrow? In making sure that we're providing an outlet to our communities that is rooted in our foundation of you know sharing the best evidence-based information back to our communities and making sure that our communities and our participants feel connected with each other.
0: Making sure everyone has a voice. Making sure everyone has the dignity they deserve to live life on their terms and through all the things they didn't ask to have to deal with. This is the story. This is the community. And this is the power of taking an active role in helping people who come after you. This is Breast Cancer Social Media. Stay tuned for the next episode where we will meet some of the community's most influential advocates. Thank you for listening to this episode of the BCSM podcast. If you like the series, be sure to subscribe, leave a rating, a review, share on social media, and please tell your community to check it out. Your voice matters, and we'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback about this series. So call us at 855-AUDIO-66, that's 855-283-4666, and leave us a good old-fashioned voicemail with your comments. We can't wait to hear from you. And don't forget to join the BCSM Weekly Tweet Chat live every Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern on Twitter. The BCSM podcast is a product of Offscript Media. Our executive producers are Brianna Seely and me, Matthew Zachary. Our contributing producers are Alicia Staley and Dr. Deanna Atai. Andrew McDowell is our senior producer. It is recorded, mixed, and edited by Brianna Seeley. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscript.com. For more information, visit offscriptnot.com.